0: This is really gross, but dirty trash cans can pose a serious health risk to you and your family. The pungent smell can attract rats and flies, not to mention maggots, both of which can contain dangerous diseases transferable to humans. Your dirty trash can is susceptible to harboring dangerous bacteria. Contact Brandon at Fitz Trash Bin Cleaning today at 440-752-1533 or find them on Facebook. veteran and owned and operated and eco-friendly. Again, call Brandon at 440-752-1533.
1: Redline Radio LLC is proud to partner with Growing Wings Adult Services for the creation of our brand-new state-of-the-art production studio. Growing Wings Adult Services has been assisting adults with disabilities in the Northeast Ohio area for the past five years. For more information on how Lisa and the team at Growing Wings can assist your family, you can contact Lisa at 234-334-7547 today. Detroit Auto Parts is the official parts store of Red Line Radio, LLC. They have two convenient locations on the east side. You can call 216-531-7373 or on the west side, call 216-398-7373. Mention Red Line Radio and receive 10% off your purchase. It's the official home and auto parts store of Red Line Radio, LLC. If you need any custom t-shirts, banners, stickers, anything like that made, then you reach out to Incredible Keepsakes. As Diane always says, cherished moments are made to last forever. You can reach Incredible Keepsakes at 440-242-9648 or check out their websites at incrediblekeepsakes.com. And don't forget to mention that Redline Radio sent you. For all of our programming information, you can check us out on all social media platforms. You can listen to all of our great programming and live 24-hour music on the Redline Radio LLC app. You can find it on the Google Play Store, but you can also check us out at redlineradiollc.com where we are always live. Warning: Money's crazy mind contains language
2: that may not be suitable for all listeners. Discretion is advised, but will be completely f- ignored. <laughs>
1: Ooh, it's Friday night. It's eight o'clock. The video was late, making me look like a non-professional. What's going on, everybody? The asylum is officially open. Nurse Ratchet on her game this week, giving me the the hall pass as usual. What is up, everybody? What's going on? It's a hot, steamy, sticky. Nasty Friday night here in Cleveland, Ohio But hey, you know what? I'm used to it I'm used to it this time of year What is going on, everybody? Welcome into Money's Crazy Mind this week With the Men's Health Summit coming up this Sunday 11 a.m. right here on Redline Radio LLC Don't you miss it Lex Vegas bringing all this information To help us guys feel a little bit better About ourselves So It just so happens that life finds a way to quote Ian Malcolm. And I just so happened to come across somebody that I went to high school with. And we're talking almost 20 years ago that has her own YouTube channel talking about narcissism and her herself being a narcissistic abuse survivor. And I said, damn, you know, the Men's Health Summit is coming up this week. And I myself have been kind of dealing with some people that may have a narcissistic personality will say. So I reached out to her and uh, I said, Hey, you know, I just so happen to catch your YouTube channel just so happens. We know each other for quite some time. You know, have you ever decided to jump on a podcast before and possibly share your information, share your wisdom with the world? And shockingly, she said, no, you know, that she'd never been offered that kind of thing before but that she would definitely like doing that. So from the Jess Stanley uh, podcast, uh, well, I guess it kind of is a podcast, but from the Jess Stanley YouTube channel, where she talks all about narcissism and dealing with narcissistic abuse and helping people get over some of the effects of narcissistic abuse. Joining me on the Fitz Trash Bin Cleaning Service, LLC hotline. Believe it or not, she has a YouTube channel, but she's camera shy. So you're going to hear her voice, but you are not going to see her face. But I do have the one, the only Jess Stanley joining me here this week. Jess, what's going on?
0: Hi. Thank you for having me.
1: Oh, anytime, anytime. I I can't. I still can't believe that it's been 20 years since we. Well, it's about to be 20 years since we graduated. Don't make us
0: older than we are, please. <laughs>
1: <laughs> hey, you know, I mean, we're we're both we're both about the same age, I so know. I, close I mean,
0: enough. Unfortunately,
1: right, right, right. So uh, there's my wife right there. She's saying hi, Lee and Jess. Uh, her Aww. name is Megan.
0: Hi, Megan.
1: Um, but so talk to me here. Um, you know. Call me naive, I mean, but we did go to the same high school, so we both know the level of education that we both got. Um, <laughs> you know, what is a narcissist or what makes somebody have a narcissistic personality? Like, why why is it so emotionally crippling to some people?
0: I think what makes a narcissist, um, there is some genetics behind some of it. Some people okay. have a pre you know, a predisposed, you know, a disposition to have that. Mm-hmm. And then a lot of it is they've dealt with some kind of trauma or a lot of it is also learned behavior. They grow up with abuse in the home. They normalize that kind of behavior. It becomes okay. This is what they do. A lot of it stems from a trauma. They thought that they could trust somebody and it turns out they couldn't. And that causes trust issues and it builds toxicity and other things. And so narcissism, you know, there's a difference between narcissism and narcissistic personality disorder. Narcissism runs on a spectrum. Everybody has some degree of narcissism. We all have days where we're a little bit selfish, or we're a little bit crabby, or we don't have a whole lot of empathy for other people. But actually having that personality disorder, there are certain signs that you have to look for that professionals are looking for when they're diagnosing it. So there is a difference. We all have some of those narky tendencies, for lack of a better term. But having that personality disorder is everything is exacerbated to the 10th power.
1: Okay. Yeah. You you know, um, and it's funny that you mentioned that everybody has some kind of level of narcissism. Um, So. To what level do you think that some people could have it? And when does it become dangerous at that point when it's not narcissistic personality disorder, but it's just, you know, some level of, like you said, everybody's crabby, sometimes everybody's uh, selfish, sometimes and things like that. I mean, I have a pretty extensive action figure collection. And I'm pretty selfish about that. So, I mean, does that make me narcissistic <laughs> with that? I mean, I love this show. I've been doing it for six years. I mean, mm-hmm. so, you know, do, do I, does that make me narcissistic or, I mean, is that just taking pride in something that I'm proud of?
0: To be fair, I I personally do think it is a little bit narcissistic when you are some kind of internet personality, but I'm one myself. Sure. I get a right. little ego boost off of it. I feel good about, you know, doing what I do, but there's a, for lack of a better term, there's a healthy quote unquote amount of narcissism. And okay. like you said, it's taking pride and having mm-hmm. healthy self-esteem and there isn't anything wrong with any of those things. It's when you start getting into things like there's a lack of empathy. There's a lack of sympathy. There is a overwhelming sense of entitlement. You owe me something because I'm Mm -hmm. me for no other reason, but I'm me. You owe me this. The, uh, you know, the whole world owes me a piece of pie because I'm me. And then a, a very grandiose um, personality. I'm great. Mm -hmm. I'm rich. I'm famous. I'm going to be somebody famous. There's a, there's people who have a big God complex and a lot of delusions of grandeur to be frank. Okay. That's when it starts to get dangerous, a lack mm. of empathy, a sense of entitlement, things like that.
1: Okay. Yeah. You know, all right. So I guess that does actually make a lot more sense than what I would what, you know, because like when you say that, every, I mean, I've been told that because I have my own face on a T-shirt that I'm narcissistic, you know, <laughs> but, um, you know, I mean, this is just promotion for the show. I I don't tend to wear it out as just like a daily you know shirt sure, like i'm just going to walk around and and you know my face is on a t-shirt and it says that i have a crazy mind like you know i mean uh,
0: i have you know. merch i wear it it is what it is listen right it's promotion it's also it's okay to be happy with with success i've worked mm. very hard over the last 3 or 4 years um mm. i would like to think i'm somewhat successful and knowledgeable with you know what i do and yes i'm going to take pride in what i do and also like you say it's a, you know, little bit of promotion
1: too. <laughs> right. Right. You know, and, and, and I don't, I don't think that there's really anything. I mean, my, when I design these shirts uh, when I wear mine, people ask me about it. My wife just said when, cause I was just actually about to say when I, when I said, Hey, I'm getting shirts made for the show. Yeah. You know, I, I just bought two for me. I, I did two designs Yeah, and then she saw them and she's like, Ooh, I want those. And I'm just like, okay. So I'm just like, Hey, uh, Mike, can you make that for her? Instead of two. You know? <laughs> hey, shameless
0: um, self-promotion. Look, get it, get it out there. If you're exactly. not, you know, you have to do it sometimes for yourself.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, and, um, you know, we were talking off air before we uh, before we got, you know, uh, into the actual crux of the show. You know, because we have known each other for almost 20 years. We've probably mm-hmm. known each other longer than 20 years. It's just been yeah. 20 years since we graduated high school. Yeah. I mean, I mean, we were in middle school together and high school together. So mm-hmm. we've known each other pretty much our entire fucking lives or at least the yeah. part of our lives that matter, you know, uh, to, to an extent. Um, and you know, we were, we were kind of just talking about how we know the same people and how it, it's so easy to sit there and sit there and be like, yep, I know exactly who you're talking about when you say something. Um, <laughs> I tend not to say names on this show, just, I won't. Right. Me um, too. but no, I mean, it's not, it, it's just, for me, I feel naming people is unprofessional. Sure. You know, we, we can share the stories and we can talk about the experiences, but naming people, it, it, to me, that's a little narcissistic or, because it's going to be like, you know what, I'm going to blame you and here's your name. And then people that, that maybe we collectively know can go to that person and be like, Hey, hey," you know, he was talking about you on his podcast. Sure. And he said some fucked up shit, you know? So, (laughs) You know, <laughs> it's also you know, not
0: good to blast somebody when when we don't get to hear their side and they can't exactly. defend themselves. We can't just you know sit and talk shit about people. Well, we can, right. but we won't.
1: <laughs> I mean, I I wouldn't fault you for doing it. I mean, I you know when I when I do the episodes about true crime in here, I mean, I don't I don't call the victim half the times I don't call the, the not the victims but the perpetrators by their names. I call them scumbag or you know piece of shit. Mm-hmm. Or you know, some other level of, of something like that, because to me, and, and this is something that I feel is true in all documentaries, they, they what's up, dear, uh, one, of, one of my guys from Growing Wings Adult Services. Um, you know, I feel that they glorify the perpetrators and re-victimize the victims. Mm-hmm. Instead of treating the victim for what they were, a victim. Yeah. And I think with what you do over on your YouTube channel, you can kind of understand what I'm saying about that yes absolutely and, you know so like for me the victims get their names but the perpetrators um in, in a private setting it's okay to talk about me <laughs> oh my god <laughs> um i'm gonna pretend i didn't hear that <laughs> <laughs> uh but i you know she sat in on some of the conversations that that you and i were kind of talking about a little bit
3: mm-hmm.
1: um beforehand um but yeah, you know, so I mean that that's that's kind of the why I do my true crime shows the way that I do them because I don't like the fact that a lot of those glorify perpetrators and re-victimize victims. So that's part of the reason why I never say names on this show when it comes to anything personal. Mm-hmm. It's just because I feel like it could be I mean, it's going to re-victimize myself, obviously, in some cases, but sure. it could also turn somebody into a victim that doesn't deserve to be a victim, and I don't, mm-hmm. I don't ever want to see that happen. Sure, to anybody. So, um, when did you realize? And hopefully, you don't mind us going deep here for a minute, but sure. When did you realize that you became a victim of narcissistic abuse, and how did you finally come to realize that that's what it was that you? were experiencing?
0: It was probably about four years ago, um, ironically enough, in my therapy sessions. Um, I had a very difficult um, relationship with my, you know, father. And of course, you know, I can't diagnose what somebody has or doesn't have, but um, my father had a lot of very, Uh, emotionally abusive ways about him. And if you look up narcissist in the dictionary, my father's stupid fucking face is right there, you know, in in the book. And uh, (laughs) so I was starting to realize that a lot of his behavior had kind of shaped me into the way I was that caused me to have just a stellar dating career and why I was choosing who I was choosing. And then I realized, Hmm. okay, wow, I've actually been in a romantic setting where this has happened before. Because just like you said when we were, you know, chatting earlier, I didn't know what any of this stuff was. I mean, I knew what a narcissist was, but I was like, okay, this is somebody who's just full of themselves. And this is yeah, you know, just somebody who has a big ego. And overt narcissists, they do have the big ego, but the covert Mm -hmm. narcissist or closeted narcissist, however you want to say it, those are the ones that are harder to identify. They don't always look like they have a big ego. And so Mm -hmm. all of it came to light for me about four years ago. I said, why am I having so much trouble getting over this relationship that I was in. This doesn't feel, you know, we've all dated people before who were, you know, not so nice, not so good, but you break up and you heal and you get over it and you move on. But I was struggling. I was struggling bad. Like what, what is this and why do I still feel this way? And so I started doing a lot of research and once I realized what it was, I was like, okay, I, I have to talk about this.
1: Yeah. You know, and, I mean, obviously, you can see my facial expression. So, I mean, obviously, you know, I can kind of see a little bit of myself into what you were just talking about there. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I mean, and it wasn't even like this relationship was a long relationship. I mean, four and a half years in some relationship games isn't that long. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, just I I was. Fuck, I mean, I've already talked about this on the air, so it doesn't really matter. I mean, I I was suicidal Mm
3: -hmm.
1: for a while. After her and I uh, broke up. But not only that, but I became an alcoholic. And it took me quite a bit of time to obviously get over that. Um, you know, thank God there weren't any run ins with the law. But I mean, obviously, mm-hmm. there were jobs lost, friendships lost, and even relationships lost. Sure. Yeah. Because of, of what I was doing and what I was going through. And then I didn't even realize to myself like you know i had people in my life uh, other than her that were around during the same time that were saying you know i've always wanted to get into to film i don't know if you remember that from high school or not but i've always wanted to get into film and i had people telling me you're never going to make it why would you think you're going to make it at 20 something years old blah 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 and i'm just like yeah you know what they're right you know i'll just go mm-hmm. do this other thing and you know kind of just dealt with that but the thing that was the hardest for me to get over was the fact that you know she they were always around for mm-hmm. like two or three years even after we broke up if i hit this mic one more time <laughs> um and things were always coming up like oh wow you know you're you're talking to so and so you know even somebody that this person may not know well there's no way they can be better than me or you know you know, how are you ever going to get over me? And, da, 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 da. and I'm just like, I'm seeing somebody else. Clearly I am, or at least I thought I was at that time. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until we were finally able to stop total communication that I was finally able to be able to talk to my wife the way that, you know, she deserved to be talked, talked to. Sure. Even though we were already together, my, you know, we've been together a total of 13 years, me and my wife. Mm-hmm so you know i mean is that kind of an experience that that people would have after dealing with that kind of thing or is
0: incredibly common with narcissistic behavior um the long, you know as long as the narcissist you know is is in your life um Mm -hmm. they will continue to um you know who are you where they reach out and try to suck you back into a relationship, a friendship, a something, uh, they they will hang on as long as they possibly can. And I always tell people, you know, really, unless you have children or you run a business together or something, no contact is vital because you need that time without them gaslighting you, for example, or devaluing you, treating you like shit. You need that time away. Mm Because gaslighting is awful. It can drive you insane. It makes your mind very cloudy, very foggy. You, I didn't know who the fuck I was. I didn't know my ass from a hole in the ground. I was just an extension of this person. No more, no less. I wasn't even myself. And once you get that time away, yeah, you do start to see things differently. You do start to feel better. And you can have different relationships and different friendships. But as long as that person is a constant in your life, it will absolutely mess with you.
1: Okay. Uh, so, I mean, gaslighting is obviously a term that you hear quite a bit, not just with narcissists, but I mean, I think it's a term that may may get overused if, if I'm allowed to say it in that term.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so what exactly is gaslighting and why is it so common with narcissistic people and narcissistic personality disorder?
0: Gaslighting is super common among people who have um, NPD, narcissistic personality disorder, because it's mm. a manipulation tactic. And okay. narcissists are all about manipulating you. I need to manipulate you to get you to do what I want. Um, so what gaslighting does is it's somebody who, if I tell you, I love the color red and then mm-hmm. you go, Hey, I bought you the shirt. It's red, your favorite. And I go, red's not my favorite color. I hate red. It makes you stop and go, huh? What? But you said it was, you start to question yourself. Did I hear that right? Oh, maybe I didn't hear that right. Maybe I read that wrong. You slowly question your reality. It's you didn't see what you thought you saw. You didn't hear what you thought you heard. And it begins to confuse you. And it causes a lot of confusion. It causes a lot of anxiety and a lot of unrest. And you start to lose your sense of self and reality of everything around you. Hmm. And they start to slowly imply those tactics. You know, I'm not cheating. You're cheating. And you're like, what? No, I'm not. I don't do this. You do and all of everything gets kind of like flipped around to where it's somebody else's problem, something else is going on, and it creates for the victim a lot of confusion that can drive somebody absolutely insane. Wow. You lose your grip on reality. You don't know what's true and you don't know what isn't.
1: Wow. Wow, I'm I'm having flashbacks. So I'm sorry. Oh, no, I'm no, I'm sorry. Oh my god. No, I it, 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 but you know um like i had said you know i do these audio dumps they're they're post-show wrap-ups uh, or you know uh, sometimes i even do preview episodes and things like that on one of them i had kind of started saying like you know i'm going to reveal a lot of issues that have caused me to be the way that i am mm-hmm. for the last 14 15 years of my life and um you know when when i heard what you were what what you did and and you know i mean you you use your youtube channel to make your living and everything like that um and you know when, when i heard a lot of because i did go back and i did watch some of your videos mm-hmm. uh, you know obviously a because i'm like is that really what i'm going through but b because i obviously wanted to know more about you know this part of you obviously i don't know this jessica i know the jessica that i went to high school with sure you know. Girl with the Pikachu purse that would always let me borrow it during study hall. I still love Pikachu, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> so do so, I. And there's you know no what?
0: shame. I, I have no shame about
1: it. <laughs> hey, but you know what? I mean, it's like, you know, in a private conversation, you said I would. I know I was forgettable in high school, and I know you said you were joking. But I mean, you know, like like I told you, your voice sounds exactly the way I remember it from high school. But I always, always, always remember the Pikachu purse that you would always lend me during. Study hall, and I know that sounds weird as shit that I would want to play with a Pikachu purse, but it was literally just a fucking Pikachu with strings on. It. Like, <laughs> it's a plush Pikachu, man. That's like, so the-
0: funny because I don't even remember that. I'm not denying that I had a Pikachu purse because that's right. some kind of girly shit I would do. I'm positive I did that, but I don't even remember that.
1: Yeah. No, you know, I mean, it's a, but like, I didn't have that many good memories about high school. So when I had a good memory about high school, you know, I, I tended to hang on to it because, sure. you know, I mean, I was bullied constantly. I, I, I was not a popular person. I was actually very hated because And I don't understand it because it still happens to this day, obviously, because, you know, my wife to me is the most beautiful woman on the planet. But I always had these very attractive girls that were focused on me for some reason. And I mean, Mm -hmm. two of them are still my best friends to this day. And I love them dearly. And unfortunately, one of the relationships that has gotten fractured because of what I've gone through for 15 years is the relationship that I have with them. Yeah. And. That is the hardest thing that I've ever had to do and had to admit, you know, like one of the last things that, that this person did to me was say, I don't love you. I I love you, but I'm not in love with you
0: anymore. Yeah.
1: And yeah, they said it to my face, but you know, then there was even a few text time text exchanges after that, where she's like, I'm trying to figure myself out. Give me the time that I need. But yet, She's underneath somebody else during this time. And all of us knew it. All of her friends knew that this was going on.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And it's like, well, how are you supposed to be taking time for yourself if you're getting railed on a nightly basis?
0: They all say they want more time, by the way. Right. Give me time. Give me time. Give me time. That just means stay with me and put up with my bullshit and let me keep doing what I'm doing. They all want
1: time. <laughs> right. And so now, I mean, even to this day, and you can ask my wife because she'll, she'll sit there and say, we need to talk. And I immediately get into a fight or flight. Okay. And, you know, so, like, I have a very hard time picking up my phone and talking to people. And, unfortunately, the two biggest victims of that are these two people that have been my best friends, one of which who has literally saved my life on multiple occasions. And I I hate that. And I've never been able to fully explain the reason why and it sucks. And I don't know, I, I don't know, like I keep telling them like we need to get together, we need to talk, I need to tell you everything that has happened and they keep saying there's no need to explain. But in my field, I think that there is a reason to explain because even after I've told them that, I haven't really been able to reach out to them to set something up. Yeah. Because, you know, it's like, you know, I mean, one of them was at incarceration last weekend. And I understand that, you know, hey, those tickets were expensive. Go, go watch every band on the planet, Um, you know, but I don't know. No, I mean, is that do I have the right to feel this way? You know, is there a way I can force myself to do what I need to do? I mean, would me sitting there and explaining everything that I've gone through? Some of which we talked about off air, which we will talk about here momentarily. But I mean, is there a way that I'll eventually sit there and be like, OK, listen, um, you know, best friend one, best friend two, you know, here's what's happened. And like, like am I ever going to get to that point?
0: It kind of sounds like you're there, but it sounds like maybe it sounds like maybe the people on the receiving end aren't ready to receive that information. Hmm. And sometimes they are, and sometimes they're not. Would you feel better if you had that sit down? I don't think you would feel worse. Okay, because I don't. I think sometimes they're saying. I think that what they're trying to do is try to ease your mind. Like, hey, man, we don't have to talk about it. It's cool. You're okay. But the thing about it is, and trust me, I know. Um, we we do need to talk about it. Yeah. And we need to talk about it a lot. I know because when I do this for a living and mm-hmm. I talk about this at nauseum on my channel with my clients in my own personal private therapy, you need to talk about this. Like I say, sometimes until people are sick of hearing it. But mm-hmm. if nothing else, it might not may- maybe necessarily do anything for them because it sounds like they've forgiven you. And they still love you and everything, but I think maybe they aren't understanding that it would really, really benefit you to get that information out there.
1: Well, I do know that they watch this show, so I'm sure they know now, (laughs) (laughs) Um, you know? Yeah. So, okay. I mean, this this is tough for me to talk about sometimes, but yeah. Yeah. have you all right in your experiences with all of this, how long did it take you to finally get to that point to where it's just like, I need to talk about this? And I think that I can help other people by talking about this.
0: After I started learning about what I was pretty positive I was dealing with and and what had happened to me, um, I was in therapy. I'm still in therapy. I highly mm-hmm. encourage people to go and, and talk about things um that even aren't, you know, relationship, you know, based. Um, but I was um Prodigate. I don't know, I was probably about a year into, you know, learning a lot of this stuff where I was like, okay, I I just wanted to when I started my YouTube channel,
3: mm-hmm. I
0: just wanted to make videos about a couple shitty people I dated <laughs> over the course of my <laughs> life and I hey. didn't really realize what was happening until some of my videos started taking off and other people started to say, "Hey, I've been through this too." And I I wasn't so naive as to think it was just me, but mm. so many people came out of the woodwork where yeah. it's like, holy shit. No, it's not just me, but it's way more people than I ever thought it would be. Mm. And so I said, okay, I need to get educated and I need to start trying to help people because mm. I couldn't do this by myself. And I just, I don't know, I don't know how somebody would. I had professional therapy. I had Ooh. my friends and... Ooh. Than my channel, which is still my outlet to this day, because I talk about some of my experiences and yes, I always try to help people, but the people who listen to my channel and comment and all that stuff, they don't understand that they're actually still helping me too.
1: Yeah, no, yeah. And, and sorry, Stewie decided to to, to perk up there before I wanted him to, but I was going (laughs) to say like, you know, um, There've been a few times where I've wanted to sit there and talk about the shit the the shit eating motherfuckers that have been in my you life suck. as well and you know you know but I mean it, it is crazy how you know you say I wanted to start the channel just to talk about the shitty boyfriends that I had yeah. and then you realize that you were helping people with it and I mean I that to me I think is is probably the coolest thing ever when I talked about my most recent suicide attempt a lot of people messaged me privately afterwards. And we're just like, thank you for sharing your story. Cause now I feel better about myself and I can go ahead and, and, you know, work on the things that you worked on and, and look at it from the perspective that you were looking at it,
3: mm-hmm.
1: to try to better myself. And I, you know, I, I too, you know, have been in therapy before and I definitely want to go back mm-hmm. to therapy because I definitely, it definitely did help. I don't know if my wife would agree or not, yeah, but you know, I mean, for me, it helped, and I think that that's sure. the most important thing is that it was helping me. Yeah. And with the health problems that I'm going through now, like that has been the one thing on my mind is I gotta get back into therapy. I gotta start talking to somebody again because yeah. if I do have to go under the knife again, I'm probably going to lose my mind. Oh my! You know, kind of thing. Just, just because it, it's just, it's a fear I have. You know, sure, I don't, sure. I don't, I, don't, I don't like needles. I don't like surgery. I'm freaking tatted, but I don't like needles. <laughs>
0: <laughs> There's two different kinds of needles happening there.
1: <laughs> and for me, getting a tattoo was therapy. Like I, I love, you know, being able to just sit there and be like, I'm putting this part of my emotion onto my skin. Like, like for me that that's just, and I only have three right now, but I have like 27 others in mind, just <laughs> Don't know where to put them, and I want to lose some of this. So, <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> well, I have twenty-seven others. You run out of room pretty quick, so
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Make make them count. <laughs> oh, I do. You know, I mean, like this is. I've shown this off before, but this is also one of my sponsors, Tattoo Therapy Inc. Um, that's his work right there. But this is the one that I did for my wife uh, a couple years before we got married. My favorite superhero is Batman. Uh, her favorite character is Harley Quinn. So I got this as my way of getting her name tattooed on my body.
0: Aww.
1: That was part of our her uh, anniversary slash Christmas slash birthday present. Because, you know, expensive.
0: Who doesn't love Harley Quinn? I have a cat named Harley Quinn.
1: So do we. <laughs> <laughs> she's orange and white, as a matter of fact. like, when, when we black her, like- She's black and white.
0: She's insane. And that's why she's Harley Quinn.
1: <laughs> I actually have a tortoiseshell tabby that I named Gizmo.
0: Oh, I used to have a dog named Gizmo. Stop it. This is some Twilight Zone shit.
1: (laughs) Well, our dog's name is Daphne, so we have the full cacophony of uh, cartoon characters in our house.
0: (laughs) Got Scooby-Doo in there. We're all good.
1: Yeah. You know, hey, Gremlins, you know, Batman and Scooby-Doo. Who can go on?
0: Nothing wrong with Batman. Giant Batman geek.
1: Right. You know, now we just need, only because of my love of Ghostbusters, now we just need to find something that we can name after a Ghostbusters character and we're good. Yeah, <laughs> maybe a turtle. Well, no, that had ended up being that Leonardo. So
0: Damn. <laughs> this is a whole other franchise we pulled in now. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> it's raining cats and dogs. Mass hysteria.
1: Dogs and cats living together masses area. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And you know, we're talking about some dickless people here who have caused us to go fucking bonkers. So it all no
0: But it's good that you're sharing that stuff though, because like you said, people were reaching out to you and saying, you know, thank you for sharing that. And I get that all the time. Thank you for sharing, you know, the the abuse you went through from your father. I had, you know, shitty parents, or thank you for explaining you know, this about the relationship, you know, I went through Mm -hmm. something shitty or some people have children who are narcissistic grown children, you know, that have this problem. And even you just talking about, you know, what you went through now, I was, especially after my relationship, I had the suicide hotline on speed dial. I Mm. will be very frank and candid. I, I didn't know, you know, what I was going to do. And even you saying that just now, it almost made me go, okay, good. It's not just me there's somebody else and we're still here and we're still crushing it and everything is good. So I really don't know what it is, but just hearing that somebody else has gone through something, it just, I really feel like it brings people. It really does bring people together. It makes people yeah. feel okay.
2: Yeah. You like, know, that's I mean,
0: okay. It's okay well, to have those. Okay. Not what it's like. It's okay. It's good to feel that way, but mm-hmm. it's okay to have those thoughts. And a lot of people do.
1: Yeah. You know, and it's, it, for me, like I, I was never really okay with it in in high school. Like, you know, and I had, I had my support system. And like I said, I, I love her. She is my redheaded stepsister. I do not call her my best friend. She is my sister. And my wife has finally gotten over that. Um, You know, but you know, I mean, she, even though, even though we we go months without talking, I mean, we're, we're in our thirties. We're busy you know, I mean, and everybody understands that part of it. But if I, if I sit there and be like, Hey, I need you. She drops what she's doing and she helps, you know? So, I mean, that that's always been my biggest relief on that. Like we can go months without talking, but the second I sit there and be like, Hey, I need my sister. She's there, Mm -hmm. you know? So that, that to me is, is the biggest part of it. And that's part of the reason why I want to just sit there and be like, listen, you know, this is what has been wrong with me. This is why we don't have, you know, the parties on my front porch anymore, where we would burn lightning bugs in Centronella Campos. <laughs> like, you know, we were teenagers back then, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know but I mean, it, it, so I, I guess, let me ask you a question. I just want to make sure that I'm on, that my brain is thinking the same thing here. I mean, shows called Money's Crazy Mind for a reason. There's fucking <laughs> which is why i'm in a padded room um would would somebody who's trying to maintain a narcissistic hold on somebody even years later we're we're talking a decade beyond here um Hey man, those were the good old days. My sister's like, <laughs> Hey, uh, yeah, they, those were the, they were the great days, you know? So even my sister remembers, uh, and now she knows who I'm talking about too. So, um, but, um, would, they, would let's say a gift that might've had some significant financial burden on one person would, they try to hold that gift against you after the relationship has been severed.
0: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Narcissists are people who everything revolves around what's called like narcissistic supply, which is just a term, you know, that we throw that I throw around all day long. It just means attention. I need attention from people or, you know, love quote unquote, sex, money, whatever it is that these people are after. Um, But that's what a narcissist is you know, they, they take and take and take and take. So on a rare, (laughs) and I underline rare occasion where you get something from them, you Mm -hmm. are never going to live it down. You are never going to, you know, you're, you're never going to be able to forget about it. They will throw it at you as often as they can. I mean, what that does, what it's supposed to do is it's supposed to provoke a feeling of guilt. You're supposed to feel guilty and then say, oh, you know, hey, man, I'm sorry. Listen, let me pay you back for that. Or let me, you know, let me buy you something or let me take you somewhere. And that is a good way. Guilt is also, I mean, all these people use our different manipulation, you know, tactics, silent treatments and gaslighting and, you know, things like that to manipulate somebody. And a big thing is guilt. A lot of people struggle with, you know, guilt. There's appropriate guilt when we do something wrong. There's inappropriate guilt. Inappropriate guilt is when someone tries to make you feel guilty for something that you have no business feeling guilty for. But a lot of people who are victims of narcissistic abuse, they do feel guilty. They want to take a lot of responsibility for things. They're fixers. They want to make everything okay. So when someone says to you, hey, I did this great thing for you, you want to try to make it up and you have those feelings of guilt. And as long as you will allow that conversation, they will keep throwing it in your face. You need to be weak. You need to be downtrodden. You need to be beaten down. You need to feel guilty because you stay. That's when you stay. You don't have healthy self-esteem. You don't leave. You don't feel good about yourself. So you don't leave. You feel guilty. So you don't cut off communication and always that feeling. There's that sense of entitlement right there. I did something for you. So now you owe me something.
1: Hmm. The way you just said that was creepy as shit, by the way. But <laughs> I do what I can. <laughs> um. So, okay. Um. So what can somebody who might have been a victim of that style of gaslighting and, you know, that, you know, hey, you know, remember what I did for your birthday, you know, or, or you know, whatever. Is there, other than cutting off communication completely, which we've already discussed, I mean, is there anything else that any, that, you know, people can do to try to sit there and be like, you know what? Yeah, that was a great time. They did that, but fuck them kind of thing. Like, is there anything that they can do to kind of get to that level? Or, you know, is it just basically just stopping the communication and saying, I'm done with you?
0: Stopping the communication is really the only thing that's going to work um but you can attempt to call them out on the behavior hey listen you got me the birthday gift it was my birthday i enjoyed it so you really need to let this go now i don't owe you something for getting me a birthday present you can call out that behavior hey i don't appreciate what you're doing right now so you need to kind of knock that off as far as gaslighting when they're trying to trick you when they're trying to confuse you i never told you i was coming home at eight o'clock you're crazy you're mm. fucked up. You're mental. You need help. You can record.
3: Mm-hmm. You can
0: write things down. Um, you can say to them, okay, I just want to clarify. You said you're going to meet me Thursday at 7 o'clock and get them to say it back. So you can call it out later. Receipts are big now, emails and texts and stuff like that. Really, that those are the real ways you can combat gaslighting is to get like a note. So you can go, no, I didn't misinterpret that. No, they definitely didn't say anything to me about ABCXYZ. I'm not imagining things. I'm not making things up. I'm not crazy. These are things that are actually happening. Yeah, just get receipts for everything and journal. But the thing about that is, is you can do that. Who the fuck wants to do that forever? Who wants to do that for the rest of your life? You want to sit, you want to fucking walk around with a little notepad all day long? They said we were out of bread. Like, what is this? you know it it's just it's just going to continue to get worse and it does get worse the longer you stay in the relationship or friendship or whatever it is the behavior amplifies hmm. it does not get better in fact it gets worse also people who have mpd they get worse as they get older
1: yeah 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 yeah, yeah. oh honey
0: imagine what it's going to be in another 20 years <laughs> oh god
1: I've been so close to putting a bullet in my face already. I don't even want to think about twenty years from now um uh kidding obviously um why is why is this detailing Hannah to at? It took me way too long to realize what she was doing and how she was hurting me in the long run, so see even my sister my sister's ex wife actually um you know so you, look at look at how many people you're helping so far already <laughs> <laughs> um But, you know, kind of getting into um, another thing for me here. Um, I'm trying to be a little vague, but uh, obviously this person will know who I'm talking about once certain details come out. Um, The gaslighting part of it, like you were saying, um, one of the things that she was always famous for doing is saying, hey, I'm going to go hang out with so and So tonight when you get off work, call me and I'll come pick you up and then we'll go, you know, do whatever. Mm -hmm. So I call her. There'd be no answer. Then I call so-and-so that she's supposedly with. No, they're not with me. She told me she was going to be home all night. So then I call her parents' house. Hey, she home? She's supposed to pick me up from work. No, she's not here. She said she's with so-and-so. Well, I already talked to so-and-so and she's not there. <laughs> you know, and 20 minutes later, she. by the time I've walked home by this point, mm-hmm. you know, and, hmm, I just remember something else. God damn it. Um, you know, it's just like, well, what the hell? You know, I, I tried your phone. I tried so-and-so's phone. I called your parents, you know, where the fuck were you? And it's like, no, I was with, I'm like, but you weren't. And then I call that person and I'm like, will you tell so-and-so that you were not with so-and-so, you know? And then 15 years later, I find out the truth because she's finally able to admit it. But,
3: Mm -hmm.
1: you know, I mean, from, I'm guessing from what we've been kind of going through here, this, last 43 minutes that's rare for somebody with this kind of personality um but i mean is that kind of like the gaslighting kind of stuff that you're talking about like like constantly planting those seeds of deception with people and then okay
0: it absolutely is and another thing that's happening there in that scenario that you just described is Mm -hmm. denial Well, no, I wasn't. I was exactly where you told me I was. Deny, 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 deny. Even when you have proof. Here, Mm. here are the receipts. I called this person. I did this. I did that. And you were not there. Well, they don't know what they're talking about. You're crazy. Mm. You don't know what's going on. I was there. They're lying. I don't know why they were lying.
1: Um. But uh, when we get back, um, there's actually a scenario that you were talking about in one of your videos that I'm going to play a clip from. Mm -hmm. Um, But in those kind of scenarios where they say, I'm going to be with so-and-so, and and then we find out that they're not with so-and-so, what is the likelihood or percentage, if you can even put a number on it, uh, that they're potentially with someone, let's say, that they're not supposed to be with?
0: What's the percentage that they're somewhere they're not supposed to be? 100 Mm (laughs) <laughs> 100 most of these people are pathological liars they lie just to lie uh mm-hmm. they get an ego boost and a kick out of lying and out of you believing the lie they feel superior again it taps into that god complex that ego boost not only get did i get to go and do what i wanted to do over here but you were dumb enough to believe me haha i got you that's the mindset of somebody narcissistic.
1: I'm sorry, my facial expression is not meant towards you, but you just <laughs> totally reminded me of somebody. <laughs> uh, uh getting a little uh creepy here. But uh anyway. Um I have music for that. Ow, that was loud. Um but yeah no. Um so I mean you know if those relations let's say that there is something that tight i know you said that normally it's normally just children or a business that you would only want to try to stay in a relationship with somebody like this sure. um, even at that point like what if it's not a biological child but you know because you were a couple and because that couple was so close to a particular milestone that couples get to and they have a friend that said will you be the god parents to one of my children like is that a relationship that is unfortunately going to be forever fractured because of this or is there a way to make some kind of and i'm quoting jason Newstead here something to make this entity work so that everybody can can get what they need and and, and i'm including the the child in that
0: there is a way that things like that can work however we just have one problem here one Mm. of the people in this scenario is highly narcissistic they Mm. love drama they Mm. love chaos they love inserting themselves where they don't fucking belong they like to narcissists believe it or not like to ruin things like anniversaries birthdays holidays they make big spectacles they make a big scene out of everything or something is wrong, something happens to where, you know, your birthday is skipped, mine was forgotten. Um, But then the other person's was, of course, a national holiday, and I got shit on. Um, But they, (laughs) they ruin things like that. And so for you to try to have a relationship, you know, with a with a child, regardless, you know, yours Mm. or somebody else's, whatever it is, you're going to try to deal with two children. And one of them is far more mature than the other. And that's the problem here is if you and me were in that scenario, we Mm -hmm. could go, all right, look, I don't like you and you don't like me, but we're going to be civil because this is not about us. This is not about you. This is not about me. This is about, you know, the, the child's birthday or something. Yes. That is exactly what I did. Or Christmas or, you know, whatever. But, But again, you have somebody who, Um, You know, there are narcissists where they will cry at like social gatherings to get people to focus on them. If they can't get the focus on them, sometimes what they'll do is they'll very abruptly leave. Okay. I'm not getting what I want. I'm not getting attention. So I'm, I'm leaving now, or you'll get a silent treatment or something like that. If they can't switch all the focus to be on them, then they'll very quickly and dramatically make an exit. (laughs) <laughs> so, unfortunately, a, a cohesive relationship like you, where you kind of want everyone to go, all right, I, I would, I would stab you if I thought I could get away with it, but <laughs> um, I, I can't do that here. You, d- you're not dealing with the other party is not mature enough. <laughs> unfortunately, the other party is not mature enough for that. But what you can do, depending on how old the child is is Mm -hmm. you can have your own one-on-one relationship with them yeah, and make sure that you're there and that you're supportive because that other party is probably not going to provide support and stability and things that the kid needs.
1: You know, it's crazy because, um, you know, this is obviously something that has just recently, you know, come back into my life Mm -hmm. and, um, I mean, I wasn't in this kid's life for 15 years, and it, it's been one of my biggest regrets because of everything that that has gone on because of this. And I want to say it was either Christmas or their birthdays were coming up because him and his older brother's birthday are around the same time, and Christmas is around that time, too. And their mother was talking about trying to get them a very specific gift, but obviously couldn't, couldn't afford to do it on her own. Mm-hmm. So I had reached into my pocket and said, you know, how much would help? You know, just being me, I've always been that way. And all of a sudden it's your money's not good enough. Let me take care of it. And I'm just like, fine, you just saved me 40 bucks. Like, like, (laughs) 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 you know, like, you know, I mean, it was And for me right now, money is very tight, you know, so. You know, me saving 40 bucks, you know, hey, cool, win, you know, <laughs> but unfortunately, you know, some something that I wanted to do to sit there and be like, you know, hey, Uncle Lee helped you with this because I'm I'm Uncle Lee, you know, and w- the first time I showed up in 15 years, both kids jumped in my arms,
3: Aww.
1: you know, so I mean, imagine how I felt because of that, you know, but. It just so happened to also be the day of my wife's bridal shower. And this person's sister was getting married around the same time. And all of a sudden it became about her sister's bridal shower and how much money she spent and how she gets to go to New York. And I'm like, okay, that that's wonderful. We're not here for that. We're here for them. And, like, you know, can you pull the stick out of your ass long enough to... to realize this
0: oh no (laughs) absolutely not and someone just very just so very kindly pushed you aside Mm -hmm. they handed out money because Mm -hmm. they wanted that accolade Mm -hmm. they wanted that ego boost how dare you try to take an ego boost from me who the fuck do you think you are no i want everyone to know i did this
1: do you think me getting married like kind of kickstarted a bunch of shit with her
0: they I'm not sure, you know, like too much of like, you know, the details and the ins and mm. the outs. But when somebody who was a, a source of supply for someone narcissistic, when they mm. get into a new relationship or they get married or they do whatever, um, it it does um, kind of exacerbate that narcissist ego, um, even though they don't want us mm. at that time, you know, things are over. We still become the one that got away because here's what's happening. She can't suck you back in now. Now you're gone. Now you're not a good source of supply anymore. They get angry. They only have so many good sources to go to. Mm-hmm. Most people tell them, go fuck their self. Frankly, when they find somebody who will continue to put up with them for a long time, um, again, they don't you know sit around and cry about it, but it bothers them. It hurts yeah. the ego. Here's the thing. When they're done with us, when they discard us, they throw us away, whatever mm-hmm. the relationship ends, mm-hmm. we're supposed to sit and wait. We are supposed to sit and wait until they come back around again because they do. They cycle around. This whole thing is a cycle. They love bomb. They devalue. They discard, but they Hoover, they come mm-hmm. back around again. Hey, what are you doing? Hey, stranger, what's going on? Could be a, could be a month. Could be a year. I've had, I've had people try to slide into my DMS three, five, 10 years after having a dealing with them. People like this, you, you never, it's not a sight out of mind until something happens. Right. So clearly, you know, it kind of sounds like there's a couple of different circles that are, you know, merging with with people that, you know. So, yeah, when somebody catches wind of something, yeah, it's going to begin to exacerbate. And then they will. I have talked to clients and read articles about people who were getting married and Mm -hmm. the narcissist will come into their life just to see if they can steal them away from their
1: partner. Okay. (laughs) shit. Um, Funny you would say that, you know, obviously we have mutual friends here.
3: Mm -hmm.
1: so you know one of our friends was a bridesmaid in our wedding and this particular person was helping that person with her hair the day of my wedding and it just so happens that i was meeting one of the groomsmen at his house which is where she was and you know Apparently, the conversation that was happening before I got there was, do you honestly think they're going to go through with this? Is there a chance this isn't going to happen? You know, blah, blah, yada, yada. Second I walk in the door, it's, oh, my God, I'm so proud of you. And I'm so happy for you. Thank God you finally found that person that's for you. Blah, blah, blah. They came to the after party that we had for our wedding at, you know, a friend's house. Mm -hmm. And the second she got wind of the hardware, not just on my finger, but on my wife's, attitude completely changed and it was just for the rest of the night. I bet. So, man, so much shit is just starting to make sense. Like this this is a complete mind fuck and I, and I'm and I'm sorry if like, you know, um I'm acting like one of your clients here, but I you know, I'm just I'm trying to put real life scenarios into things so that maybe can people can relate, I guess. Sure. Sure. Um you know so i know you that you uh you had said that you can re- your your clients have the opportunity to reach out to you or your subscribers i should say have the opportunity to reach out to you one on one and everything like that so how how are people able to do that
0: Um, they can just send an email to book a chat with Jess at gmail.com. If you go to my YouTube channel, it's there, it's in the links and descriptions and stuff like that. Um, you just send an email and then we go over some, you know, information and then we can set up a time to, um, chat there. There is 100%. Um, you know, confidentiality. I don't, you know, share these things and I don't use names or anything, you know, in my, in my YouTube videos, in my YouTube videos, I talk about just fairly, you know, general, very blanketed um, information, but booking a chat is a nice way for someone to be able to have somebody to vent to. Um, And I can try to help people, you know, work on, on some of the issues that they're going through.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like my, like my sister just said, six years of it, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm going on 15, yeah you know just just because i never really understood exactly what was going on with with me in my situation and the crazy funny fucked up part of it is and and you know it, my sister's situation is is somewhat similar to mine um you know but is it is it likely for a narcissist to go around and tell people one thing but then be a completely different person with the person that they're conning, I guess. is Oh, a, is
0: absolutely. It. Um, everyone is going to get a different version of the story. Everyone okay. gets a different version. The partner or spouse or whatever gets mm-hmm. a version. The friends get one version. Mm-hmm. A lot of what usually happens is what's called the smear campaign. And that's mm-hmm. where they run around and they talk shit about people behind their back. And then to their face, you get, excuse me, a completely different um, version or a different person. Narcissists also, some of their manipulation is called mirroring or mimicking, where they act, you know, they're very much like a chameleon. If you're into a certain thing, you'll find they're into a certain thing. If you hate something, they seem to hate something. And it's a psychological mind fuck that makes you think you've known this person longer than you actually have. And in reality, you have known this person because they mimic you. Mm -hmm. It's you. We fall in love with us. They mirror and mimic our behavior typically. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: And that's what happens. But yeah, everybody gets a different version. But I found a quote a long time ago that said, a narcissist either wants to be the hero or the victim. They are never the bad guy. And that's kind of the way it is. They're the hero or the victim, and they're never the bad guy. But, oh, yeah, everyone gets a different version. It wouldn't be a narcissist if everyone didn't get a different version, and none of the versions are anywhere fucking close to the truth. And that's why you never know what the truth is.
1: You know, and when, when you said that quote, another quote popped into my head from uh, uh, the great Aaron Eckhart from Dark Knight. Uh, you you either die a hero or you live long enough to see yourself become, become, become the villain. The villain. And I, I think that's kind of the same thing like you were saying, but, you know, Worded just slightly different because yeah. what happened to Aaron Eckhart's character in that movie, he was the hero and then he became the villain. Yeah. So, uh, but with that, we are going to go to break here real quick. Um, and I think a perfect song for us to go out to this week, well not go out to, but cut to break to is from my boys in big ugly. This is actually a song that their singer wrote when he was going through his own divorce. It's called Expendable. And we'll be right back with Jess, YouTuber extraordinaire. And, you know, my God, just the shit I'm learning about myself and even obviously what my sister is learning about things that she went through. So, hopefully, this is being helpful for everybody. We'll be back in just about three minutes. We're going to let Expendable play. And when we get back, more. About how to realize if you yourself are dealing with a narcissist uh or even a narcissistic personality disordered human being. Or maybe you're just an asshole narcissist yourself. You never know. But we'll be right back right here on Money's Crazy Mind on Redline Radio LSE. Oh, my finger got cut off, but the logo's right there. You see it. Wow, that sounds that sounds really great. Wow. That sounds like a really good deal. Who
2: are you talking to? Uh,
3: the Northeast Ohio Ghostbusters?
1: Hello, Northeast Ohio Ghostbusters. What are you wearing? Uh Khakis? Well, that sounds hideous. Well, they're Ghostbusters. All right, we are back here on Money's Crazy Mind, but before we bring Jess back into it here, just want to tell you guys about our latest sponsor, All Access Realty. If you guys are looking for that new home to maybe start a new family, or let's say your business needs an upgrade and you're looking for a new office, Frank is the guy that can definitely help you out. Reach out to him today, Frank S. at All Access, C-L-E Realty. He served the country now he's serving the community. You can also reach him at 440-391-7430. Now, let's get back into it here. I am bringing Jess back on the line here. Hi, Jess. How are you? I'm good. So I totally forgot that the line is in that song that says, Burn in hell, you twisted narcissist. <laughs> and i they there listening to it in the headphones, and I'm like, oops uh but you know i mean you know i mean i know a lot about tony's divorce the man is a really good friend of mine he's actually in the northeast ohio ghostbusters with me Mm -hmm. Uh, he's not in that video though um but you know he you know i know what he went through and if anybody is a victim of narcissistic abuse he's definitely one of them he ended up having to sell off i hope he doesn't mind me talking about this sorry tony um He actually had to sell off most of his Ghostbusters collection to be able to get out Mm. of the situation that he was in. He's slowly been rebuilding it back. Uh, He actually just recently got remarried. I'm very proud that I was part of his big day. He was part of mine, too. Uh, So, you know, kudos to him on that. And, um, you know, speaking of the Northeast Ohio Ghostbusters, uh, we are going to be part of the Canton Autism Speaks Walk on August sixteenth, so anybody out in the Canton area maybe wants to meet me or get your picture taken with some guys in gray. We're all pretty sexy. You saw some of us in that video there. We're sexy dudes. Uh, so com- <laughs> sorry that was narcissistic as fuck, but <laughs> uh, but you know, c- come check out, come check us out August sixteenth at the Autism Speaks event in Canton, Ohio. We definitely are ready to believe you and if you want to book ghostbusters for your event just find us on facebook northeast ohio ghostbusters message us and one of our courteous and efficient staff are on call 24 hours a day namely me and we will definitely get back to you and book your event free best kind of event kind of planning there is all right so while i was uh listening to to that song there uh, a couple things popped into my head and i want to ask you about them you had mentioned that you think that your problem with narcissism and everything happened uh, because of the relationship with your father. Yeah. Um, Do you think that that definitely translated into your romantic relationships as well?
0: Yes. And and oftentimes it does, whether you are somebody who is narcissistic or somebody Hmm. who is kind of on the flip side. Most people who are victims of narcissistic abuse are highly empathic. And then Mm. there's also undertones of being somewhat codependent or like myself, super fucking codependent. Um, Mm. So what happened in my own personal situation when I was growing up was the, the overtone of my childhood was, well, you suck. You're not good enough. Why don't you have straight A's? Why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? I was getting that if I wasn't getting completely neglected and treated like furniture. Go in your room. Go away. You bother me. I don't have time. Oh, by the way, why aren't you smart enough? Um, I think I was about 12, Mm. and um, I brought home a report card, and it was all A's and one B, and my father looked at me and said, you couldn't get all A's, and I don't know what to say because I'm 12, maybe 10, something, split the diff, called 11, and he said, well, don't worry, Jessica. The only thing you'll ever have to know in life is do you want fries with that?
1: Damn. You know... (sighs) I
0: brought home all A's and one B. I couldn't have been in more than fifth or sixth grade. Didn't even fully understand what he had said to me, but I'll, I'll tell you this. I was 11. I'm 37. I still cry Mm. about it in therapy. So what did I learn going out into the world? Well, I'm not good enough. What do you do when you're not good enough? You over, you overextend yourself and overextend and overextend. You're too nice. You're overly forgiving. You're highly empathic and you're codependent. Well, no one loves me. Well, wait, you love me. So I'll do whatever I can to get you to stay with me. Oh, you want to, you know, uh, take, take, take. Well, great. Cause I want to give, give, give. Cause I need to feel loved because I need to feel something. And there it is.
1: <laughs> you know, uh, man. Cause I mean, it was never about grades in school with me. I'm, the, and I know my sister's watching, sorry, Hannah, but I'm the only person in my immediate family and possibly m- most of my extended family that has graduated college. Mm-hmm. And I never wanted to go to college. You know, I always had these. I don't even want to say if they're delusions of grandeur or if it's just because I idolized this person. Maybe a little unfairly, but, you know, I always wanted to be a music teacher. Mm -hmm. And that's because of our middle school choir teacher. um, I'm going to use her real her married name, Miss Abraham, Mm -hmm. you know, and, you know, and then. When I was doing the career shadowing day with her, just to get out of the fucking high school, to be honest with you, Mm -hmm. um, you know, she had kind of noticed that my career day stuff uh, was more based on an uh, IT professional than it was on a music teacher. And and then, you know, it's kind of just like, well, I mean, is this something that I really want to do? Do I want to be an IT professional? I mean, that's what I ended up going to college for. And look what I'm doing.
0: Yeah.
1: I'm not an IT professional. You know, but I mean, for me, the thing with my dad always was, was like I wanted to get into Cub Scouts, you know, mainly because a lot of my friends were, and, you know, I wanted to hang out with my friends. And he's just like, well, I mean, are you ever going to be able to tie all those knots? You got a lot of stuff that you got to remember for that. And then I just remember a couple of years ago, my dad called me, Hey, uh, can you help me with my computer? <laughs> like <laughs> Yeah, sure, dad. I live in Cleveland, you live in Streetsboro. That's just a hop jump and a skip away. You know, oh, sure. sure. You know. <laughs> you know, but I mean, it is what it is. Of course, I got in my car and I went over there and helped him with his computer and now he knows how to fix his own damn computer. So it's like, well, okay, <laughs> well I guess I don't need to come over anymore, you know. But you know, I mean, yeah, I, but I mean, everything that you were saying there, it, it obviously it translates a little bit into some of the stuff that I was going into, you know, but my father was also very abusive physically. Okay. You know, and I always said, you know, I, I've I, I told the person that we're having a discussion about, I've told my wife, obviously her name is all over the show, so I don't even have to worry about me not saying her name. Um, you know, but I've told Megan in the past, like, I don't want to be my father. Sure. You know, and so I try to do everything I can on a daily basis to not be my father, but every once in a while my father comes out. Sure. You know, and I hate myself afterwards for it. I mean, is that part of the abuse kind of taking shape into into present times, I guess you could say, Um, uh, past life experiences invading into present times, to put it in terms of Ghostbusters?
0: Yeah, I mean, it it really is not only with the things our parents, you know, do for us and to us, but also, Mm. you know, you had mentioned a lot of like, you know, bullying in, in high school. And that will also all of these traumas, quote unquote, that we go through with parents or things like that. They happen when we're no one's 40 and waking up and they were highly narcissistic and the day before they weren't. These are all things that are happening when you're, you know, 10, 11, 12, 13, sometimes younger, maybe a little bit older. But hmm. these things start happening to these people before they're actually adults, before they're, yep. you know, 18 years old, you know. Um, all kinds of abuse and deeper darker things i don't want to you know say but we all know what they are other forms of you know abuse but also unfortunately and i even see it in myself i mean i think my father was just the cream of the crop of narcissism but i see it sometimes mm-hmm. i have those days everyone's stupid except me and i'm just angry you know and things like that come out I don't honestly mean that. And as soon as I say it, I go, oh, oh, you need to check yourself right now because that's not even. But yeah, it's I mean, again, that goes back to some of the genetic predisposition of, yeah, we're going to kind of be like mom and dad. We just are. I see my mother sometimes. I see my Mm. father, you know, sometimes. And my father. You know, he bailed when I was 15 and I barely saw him after that. And he died two years ago. So the man's actually been out of my life and dead longer than he was in it. But I still remember those really terrible things that he did. And Mm -hmm. I still know that sometimes I behave that way. But again, it's running on that spectrum. But there are things that you can do. If somebody was, you know, physically abusive or even emotionally abusive, Mm. a lot of that deals with people who, and a lot of us, this was even true for myself. I didn't know how to control my emotions. I just told myself I wasn't going to feel that way. You're not going to get mad. Uh, We have so little fucking control over how we feel. (laughs) We have, (laughs) we have so little control over that. What we can do is control our reaction.
1: Can you say that louder for the people in the back?
0: <laughs> it takes time, but those it are does. things that we can we can work on. And I mean, there's nothing wrong with having an angry moment or, you know, it maybe even picking up something inanimate and throwing it across the room and getting pissed. The thing about that is, is not in the presence of people. And when someone abusive is up in your face and you kind of want to make them eat their own teeth, it's really hard to just go, okay, mm-hmm. I'm just going to stand here. And I'm going to take the abuse and then I'm going to walk away and do something with it. But that's what kind of needs to happen because people who are narcissistic, they want that reaction. Mm -hmm. They provoke it. They poke the bear. Mm -hmm. They, they back the dog into the corner and then laugh when the dog bites. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. I've got the scars to prove it. Um, Mm Yeah. Yeah. Literally,
0: that's what they want. But yeah, we are. I mean, we're products of and narcissists and people who don't behave highly narcissistically are no different. We're all products of our environment, however fucked up they were. And then even through high school, I don't remember much about high school because that was my high school experience. Mm-hmm. I didn't know a whole lot of people. I didn't do a whole lot of things. I just couldn't wait to get the fuck out of there. But, you know, you mentioned bullied. Um, Now, if you would ask me. I didn't know there was any bullying going on. Yeah. I never saw somebody get beat up. Okay. I saw a few pricks in our class who pulled some shit in the hallway, but we all know who they are. Names (laughs) won't do that. But um, I know a few, Mm -hmm. but really it was like a, a couple of breakout fights in the hallway. Other than that, I didn't experience any bullying and I didn't even know that things like that were happening. But for a lot of people, those times right there really fucking suck. And that also shapes the way, you know, we deal with things. And this is all, you know, our parents and school and everything is shaping how we're going to handle things for the rest of our lives. And like I say, we're no different from narcissists in that respect. We all have trauma. Tell me who doesn't have trauma. You, me, everybody. But how do you deal with that? And with somebody narcissistic, you're watching somebody who's been traumatized. You're watching them not deal with it very well because they're taking it out on everybody else. I always use the expression, it's not mine, but it's good. They're bleeding on people who didn't cut them.
1: Yeah. No, you know, somebody every, hurt me,
0: so I'm gonna take it out on you.
1: And that's exactly what I try not to do. Yeah. You know, like the other day, um, some things happened behind the scenes um in my life. And, you know, I was just in a bad mood all day. You know, and my wife didn't did, what any wife would do. You know called me on her way home from work asked me how my day was going and i'm just like it's not going good but it's not because anything in particular happened it's just me
2: Mm
1: -hmm. you know and normally that's her cue of oh his depression is kicking in let me just back off you know and i don't like that part of me Mm -hmm. but it's an it's an unfortunate byproduct of the shit that i've gone through in my life sure i i deal with it the way i do um, you know, but then she asked me, she's like, "Well, what do you want to do for dinner?" And I'm like, "Well, I really don't feel like cooking." Like I I just I I just want to go home, watch dinosaurs eat people because we were going to watch the new Jurassic Park movie and just, you know, let the T-Rex take my my aggressions and and eat people with it. Like, you know, <laughs> that's just the mood I was in. Yeah. You know, and She's like, well, if you don't feel like cooking, well, what are we going to do? And I'm like, I don't know. Think of something, you know, like whatever you want to do, I'm fine with it. Like, I'm not even really all that hungry. Just figure out something that is edible.
3: Sure.
1: And she's like, well, what about this? What about that? And I'm like, God, just make a fucking decision. Like, like, and I wasn't trying to not lose it on her. Sure. But, you know, and I'm like, just, just stop pushing. Like, that's all I wanted her to do was just stop pushing at that moment. Um. Okay, I'll I'll talk to you later, sis. And she has to go pick mom up from work. Um, but uh, you know, I mean, like, so I mean, that was just like like a, a very recent situation. And then I got home and I and I just told her I'm like, there, there's honestly nothing really happened, but it's just I'm remembering a lot of shit right now, mm-hmm. and just kind of want to watch dinosaurs eat motherfuckers. Like, like that was my mood at that moment. Sure. <laughs>
0: Sure. And with depression, there doesn't have to be a reason.
1: Right. Everyone yes.
0: thinks, so what's wrong? You know, it, I have bipolar disorder, so it comes with wow. bipolar um, depression. You don't need a reason to be depressed because I've heard it. I've had it for like almost 15 years now. Um, I'm also a recovering alcoholic and that was how I chose to medicate my bipolar before I knew I had it. Cause I was mixed. I was misdiagnosed for like over a decade. They kept telling me you have anxiety and depression. Well, I do have anxiety and depression, but it's bipolar depression. But anyway, you don't need a reason to be sad. Oh, your life Mm. is so good. What's wrong? What are you upset about? You know what? It's called a chemical imbalance in your brain. Sometimes shit just just sucks. Yeah. Sometimes you're just, I also have bipolar disorder. So Mm. what you were talking about just a moment ago Mm. is irritability, which is my Mm. number one thing that I struggle with, with having bipolar disorder. Some days the fact that you breathe the same air I do pisses me off and I can't tell you why. (laughs) Thank you.
1: Thank you. You know,
0: no one has done anything wrong to me, but I I snap and I am just agitated and angry. Mm -hmm. And it isn't because someone has done something wrong. And I understand what you mean. You kind of I've been making the joke for years. I kind of have to come with a warning label. Listen, I might fly off the handle at you. Please don't take this personally. When I'm acting like an asshole, give me a few days and I'll come back around. I hate that I have to do that, but I feel like it's my responsibility to say, If you actually don't want me to kill you, (laughs) you'll just kind of go away for a little bit. And, But I think that's hard for people who don't have depression or a Mm -hmm. mental disorder or something Mm -hmm. like that because – they take it personally. And that really breaks my heart because it's like, you didn't do anything. I swear you didn't it. It's literally the expression. It's not you. It's me because it's really fucking me.
1: (laughs) Right. And it's like when I was putting together some audio dumps that I'm was going to going to be putting out within the next week and everything like that, I, I, I call it my bullshit. And it's like, if I'm dealing with my bullshit, just, no, it's my bullshit. Mm-hmm. It has nothing to do with you. Nothing you can say, do, want, or whatever is gonna fix it. No. It just it's something that needs to handle itself. Yeah. You know, and you know, my <laughs> God bless my wife. She's got to be the most patient woman on the planet. And I love her every day for it. And I don't tell her that enough. And I really need to start doing that. But you know, like she's finally starting to get it. Like there's just going to be days where he's going to come home and he either wants to to play Streets of Rage on the Sega, or watch something in, uh, insanely violent that no human being should ever want to watch, and just be alone for like five minutes. Like I can be in the same room with her, just don't say anything.
0: Yeah, because you're in your own shit.
1: Exactly. I'm in you're my just shit in your own people. shit. Yep. Yeah.
0: I do it you all know. the time. I go, okay, listen, I just. I need 10 minutes to just kind of be in my own shit right now. Nobody Mm. did anything wrong to me. I just, I'm thinking about a lot. And sometimes you never know when something like that is. Unfortunately, we don't get a little, hey, you're about to get real pissed off in like 20 minutes. So (laughs) (laughs) go take a piss, get something to eat, work this out because you're about Mm -hmm. to have a real bad time. Um, But I'm glad that she, you know, is getting a little bit more. I mean, people start to understand that, and yeah, you you know they they have to because you you just can't take stuff like that mm-hmm. personally. You know, it it won't um, you know, it, taking it personally, then they just start taking their own inventory, and then they exactly. feel crappy. And another exactly. thing that really sucks, which they don't mean to do, mm-hmm. but then if we feel like they're taking it personally, then we get hit with that guilt. Yes, and then all of a sudden we're feeling bad because we're just, I don't, I don't love that. I have bipolar disorder. Okay. I don't wear a button that says I'm bipolar. Ask me how, um, (laughs) (laughs) but it's, um, when it affects people, it's like, listen, I don't mean to be rude, but I don't need the responsibility of making you feel better. I'm kind of in my own thing right Mm. here. And I don't appreciate what you're trying to make me do. Honestly, what I do is I just fall off the map. Like you were talking about, you know, we're in our thirties. We don't talk to people every day. Well, right. We were talking earlier about there's mutual people that you and I talk to. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't talk to them every day. Yeah. Sometimes we don't talk for months. It doesn't mean anything about anything, but every time we reconnect, it's yeah, man, I just been in my own shit. And it's like, yeah, I get it. And I don't take it personally when someone doesn't, you know, reach out, but mm-hmm. I don't need the responsibility because you feel bad. Cause I'm having a moment, you know, it's like, right. listen, I have to do this. If you have, you know, clinical depression or anxiety or PTSD, it's like, It's already bad enough that I got to do this day in, day out in my brain. I don't need your guilt trip. Mm -hmm. I really, even if if they intentionally or not, I think we feel guilty.
1: Yeah. You know, and and, and I think, I think you just mentioned it perfectly, you know, and I think only people that, that kind of deal with, and I call it the mental mind fuck that I go through on a daily basis, Mm -hmm. sometimes on an hourly basis is if if you don't know what it's like up here, then there's no way you could ever understand it. No. And for me, I mean, you said you kind of started feeling it when you were 15. For me, mine started when I was 10, because mm-hmm. that's when my parents got divorced. And, you know, see, like, my uncle took me, my brother, and my sister to the store, bought a Superman comic books. I come home, dad's gone. Oh, man. You know, so it's like I never... I never got to really, I I like, I knew that that was the day my dad was leaving. Like, cause my mom was probably wrongfully transparent about that. Sorry, mom. I love sure. you. You know, but she's just like, you know, your uncle Bill's coming to pick your dad up. And then next thing I know here comes, you know, my other uncle on my mom's side of the family saying, Hey, come with me and your cousins. We're going to go buy comic books at the corner store. You know, and I'm sitting there, and I'm reading about Superman and Lois Lane getting married finally after all these years, and then I come home and I'm like, "Hey, Dad, check that." Dad, I know you used to beat me with a fucking broom handle, but Dad, mm-hmm. you know, like like I was ten, yeah, you know, and I I honestly think I've been fucked up since then. But you know, when I I was in therapy up until COVID, and then obviously COVID fucked everything up for everybody. Sure. You know, and, you know, I'm just now trying to find a way to get back into it because I, I liked the therapist I was seeing. But unfortunately, she's not seeing patients anymore because of her age okay. and her susceptibility to covid. Sure. You know, and I got the shot. Like, I, I got no problem admitting it. But I mean, still, I can understand why she doesn't want to see patients, especially in a setting like that. You're you're yeah, you can make yourself six feet apart, but that doesn't mean shit. Yeah. You know, but anyway um so i want to play this clip from your channel here and we kind of talked a little bit about some of this stuff already but um maybe when we get back from this clip you can kind of um i have a couple of questions sure and and maybe you can kind of explain some of what was going on here
0: i want to give you some really common super narky phrases i kind of want to decode them and go into an explanation on what manipulation trick they're using to run these certain games with these things they say to you. Trust me, there's going to be an overlap. There's only so many tricks and tools they have, and a lot of them just kind of mesh together. So here we go. Number one, you'll never find anyone better than me. So let's find the hidden message in that. It actually says you'll find tons of people better than me, and you probably already have. That's exactly what I'm afraid of because I'm terribly insecure, because I know I suck. However, I have to convince you that you can't do better than me, and therefore, you are far less likely to actually move on. Now that we've decoded this, let's all say it together, class. What is it? Let's say gaslighting. Gaslighting is one of the most sinister things that narcissists can and will do in a relationship. When you notice someone's trying to alter your sense of reality, trying to make you feel certain ways that is super gaslighty kinds of shit. Number two, it is not my fault that you are jealous and insecure. Let's decode that and make it a little bit more transparent. I love making you feel these ways. That's exactly why I do it. You see, when I flirt with other people in front of you, it makes you think maybe I'm cheating. It threatens you that maybe I can go out and do this. You get nervous and upset. I like you that way. I like when you're nervous and upset. It shows I own your emotions. And when you think I have eyes for somebody else, you try harder to get my attention. So I get to flirt and I also get you scrambling and jumping through hoops just to make me happy. So let's see, Survivor, if you and me can say this exactly at the same time. Ready? Triangulation. Narcissists are going to work this angle a lot. They want constant time and attention. And if they feel like you're not giving enough, which is always, they're going to press on your insecurities and cause jealousy issues, acting inappropriately, overly flirtatious with others. They might know that maybe there's something you don't like about yourself physically or in other areas, and they're going to use that to their advantage. If you feel too short, for example, they will purposely flirt with taller people. If you feel bad about your job, they'll let you know that they've been talking to a very successful person and that person asked them to go have coffee or go have dinner. They'll learn your insecurities and your weaknesses, which we all have, and they use them against you to get you to jump to action and try to save your place in the heart of the narcissist.
1: All right. So. Um, I can't remember exactly what video that was from, but it's the one that's pinned to the top of your YouTube channel. It's terrible.
0: I should know it, and I don't. I have like (laughs) two hundred and something videos on my channel,
1: (laughs) you really do. But you also have almost ninety thousand subscribers. So yes, (laughs) lost in translation. Yeah, quite a bit. So, um, but the one thing that was kind of like an aha moment for me. Um was when you were talking about that you know I can go ahead and flirt with this person, and it's only gonna make you want me more
3: mm-hmm.
1: um I never really experienced that particular behavior mm-hmm. but I always uh experienced the behavior of I work with this guy that I used to sleep with, and I call him all the time, you know, so then I still had that that reaction of, well, are you still fucking this guy like Like, what is the relationship here between you and him? Mm -hmm. Um, Is that kind of a similar tactic that that gets used?
0: It's an extremely similar tactic to triangulation. What that says is, hey, I just want to let you know that I was in a relationship, you know, with Mm -hmm. this guy and we still talk. What that does is to go off what you said a little bit earlier. It plants that seed in the back of your mind. Well, Mm -hmm. why do they still talk? Well, why do they do this? Well, maybe I don't talk to her enough. Oh, maybe I'm not good enough. There's got to be a reason why she still talks to him and it snowballs and it snowballs and it grows. And what's that? What that does over time in a lot of cases is it causes that insecurity. It builds that insecurity so that anytime that happens, you'll, you can start to say, well, who are you talking to? What are you doing? And then that becomes, stay out of my business. I'll talk to whoever I want. I'll do whatever I want. But that is pretty much triangulation. And a lot of times we are triangulated with people that we don't even know. We're triangulated with an ex. We're triangulated with a coworker who doesn't work there anymore or Mm -hmm. somebody who we have never met in person. I was triangulated against the cell phone. I never knew who was in that cell phone. I never knew what was going on in that cell phone. But if he was, if he had his face buried in that cell phone. It wasn't me. Hmm. And then all of a sudden I grew to hate an inanimate object because I knew how many other people were on that phone because <laughs> yeah. you can text a million people at one time. It's, it's too easy for somebody, but that's absolutely triangulation and it's planting those seeds of mm-hmm. doubt and insecurity that slowly kind of wear us down over time. And you feel like shit.
1: Okay. So, the other thing that I was near the end of that was when you were talking, you know, about the triangulation and everything like that. Is it mainly just emotional connections that they try to use against you, or can they use other kind of manipulations against you as well in, in the terms of triangulation? And then, when, you know, gaslighting was also mentioned in that, but we 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 talked about that already, so. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, is there other tactics that they can use with the triangulation to try to sit there and be like, you know, Hey, uh, you know, focus needs to be here, not on whatever else you're doing.
0: I mean, they're always going to try to do something to, to get attention. Mm -hmm. Um, as far as like physically, I'm not entirely sure what you mean by that. Okay.
1: Um, damn, you know, I'm, I'm, (laughs) I'm. I got a million were, thoughts
0: where they're where you're like face to face in person and they're trying to, like, get your attention.
1: Uh kind of, you know, I mean, um, one thing that, you know, uh, ever actually ever since I left this person, I've gotten into quite a bit is um, karaoke. Mm hmm. Um, you know, I, I was a singer in high school. I was a singer in middle school. So that's kind of something that's followed me throughout my entire life, but, you know, never really got the chance to express myself musically when I was with them. Cause it was, you know, she, okay, here's an example I can kind of give you. She never wanted me to get my driver's license so that she was, I was constantly dependent on her get mm-hmm. anywhere that wasn't within walking distance. Um, you know, so then when I finally got to the point to where it's like, look, I use—I'll I'll admit it—I used to be a manager at McDonald's. I used to be a, a, a manager at Wendy's. I used to be a manager here. I got tired of having those kind of jobs because the McDonald's was in my backyard. I don't know if you remember that or not, but I mean, I the, the McDonald's that was on Turney Road was right in my backyard. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I'm tired of doing that. I kind of want to get an adult job. Sure. You know, but I need a beep beep to be able to go vroom vroom to get there. (laughs) So, (laughs) you know, and she's just like, well, I mean, it's going to do well, you know, because you're in your 20s. It's going to take a lot for you to try to get your license and blah, blah, yada, yada. And I'm just like, look, I don't fucking care. I just want to do it. But then she would try to do whatever she could to try to stop me from being able to do that. It wasn't until after we broke up that I finally got my driver's license. I'll okay. admit it. I didn't have a driver's license since I was in my 20s.
0: I understand what you're saying. Um, yeah. It's not necessarily so much a triangulation, um, mm. but it's absolutely a form of control. And like you were saying, uh-huh. it's it's those reasons to keep you dependent, because yeah. well, what happens when you get a driver's license? Guess who's ass You don't need to drive you around. If you get a better job, guess who you might not need? Somebody who makes more money than you. If you're going out and you're going a little further than you know your your fucking front porch, guess what yeah. you might do?
1: Meet yeah. somebody better. You know, okay. And perfect example of that. So, um, when I was in college, obviously I was learning how to work on computers and stuff like that. I was working at Blockbuster at the time. God, do I miss that place? Um, a customer came in and actually overheard me and one of my coworkers talking about me working on his computer and she came up to me and she's just like, you know, Hey, I own a horse barn and I'm trying to use this computer to do this, 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 and this, you know, could you possibly help me to be able to get the computer working? And, and, you know, I think it might have a virus cause I got this weird message on the screen and blah, 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 blah. So right as I'm going, yeah, sure. You know, let me get your phone number. She walks in. Hmm. and you know I'm sitting here and I'm just like "Ooh, wait even better my f- fiance just walked in hey can I have because I had made up business cards because mm-hmm. I, I was going to try to start working on computers on the side to make a little bit of extra scratch and I'm like you know hey can I have one of my business cards to give her you know so that she can call me when we can set up this appointment to where I can get out to her because she's in North Ridgeville I'm in Garfield Heights obviously that's a bit of a of a drive Yeah. you know and so she reaches immediately her tone changed from i want to rip this woman's face off to oh yeah sure yeah by the way i'm mm -mm, his fiance and hands her the card
0: like you didn't just introduce her ass like five seconds ago exactly i'm
1: sorry (laughs) right right you know and like even my coworker when she left because she's just like hey i'm grabbing dinner what do you want you know so i you know i Gave her a little bit of money that I had in my pocket and said, you know, here, I'll pay for it. Blah, blah, yada, yada. And when she walked out, my coworker was just like, what the fuck was that? And I'm like, dude, I don't know. Like, like that was
0: somebody really insecure asserting their dominance. Yes. (laughs)
1: Yes. <laughs> yes. And like, but, I mean, what, you
0: asked the question. I just, I'm just know, saying what we're all thinking.
1: <laughs> right, right, right. You know, but I mean, it, it was that, and, and, uh, and I can use this phrase and hopefully it doesn't get taken the wrong way in the year 2022, but, and maybe you can kind of like elaborate on what I'm about to say, but it's taken me 15 years to finally realize that back then I was blinded by the pussy Mm -hmm. and I, in somebody in your position, maybe you were blinded by the dick, you know? Um, And I mean, is that kind of that control and that, that manipulation that you're talking about is where they, they kind of make you feel like you you're 100% just infatuated with that person, even though half the times you want to claw their eyes out.
0: Um, sex is absolutely a huge manipulation tool that is used by both male and female narcissists. Um, I don't know what to say for anybody who thinks any of this sounds sexist. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm a woman deal with it. Um, women use sex as a manipulation tool more than men do. It's just, it's just what it is. Yeah. And I'm not here to, you know, I'm not feminist of the year. I'm not anything. I'm just me. And I'm, you know, that's, that's female narcissism. Usually mm-hmm. when you first meet this person, it's sex all the time and things are hot and heavy and things are great. And then all of a sudden, before you know it, sex is now a bargaining chip. Well, I'll do this if you do this. Well, you piss me off. So now I'm not going to. And they will dangle that carrot in front of your face. Now, some, some of them do that and some don't. But it basically, it kind of goes from all to nothing
1: mm-hmm. in a lot
0: of situations. Um, in my relationship, I was accused of being a sex addict. And I looked at him and I said, honey, you're not good at anything else. <laughs> so um, they use <laughs> – well, when you're cheating on me and you're a loser and you don't have a car and you don't have any money, they're not a lot left. Um, but it's absolutely a tool for manipulation. And I think sex with people who are highly narcissistic um, – For them, it's an ego boost. It's, you know, get in, get off, get out. It's things like that. Mm. But we take it, for me, in my situation, it was, well, hey, I'm in the same room with him. So I know he's not cheating on me. So this is providing me a feeling of safety and security. Um, You know, even though we don't get along, um, he's willing to do this with me. So he must still like me or Mm. he wouldn't do this with me. I was putting way more into it than what it really was. And it became far more important to me than anything else, because frankly, it was the only time I feel like he liked me. And to be fair, it probably was.
1: Yeah. You know, again, you're hitting quite a few nails on the head here. And, you know, um, you know, I, I, you know, there's so many things I could say, but it's only a two hour show. (laughs) Um, You know, this is definitely a conversation that I want to uh retackle sometime in the future because there is a ton of information here that would definitely need to be uh, get unpacked and um oh it's you know, a
0: rabbit hole it really is honest to god yeah. I had no idea four years ago or whatever that mm-hmm. I have I had no idea what the hell I just fell down.
1: <laughs> it, it happens that way sometimes. I mean I, I caught and this is gonna sound really fucked up but I mean show's called Money's crazy mind so deal with it. Um I caught the true crime bug mm-hmm. in high school. Um, we were researching subcultures actually for government class. Mm-hmm. And I was looking into some of the music subcultures. Cause at that time I was falling into the ICP bug. Cause I got one of their characters. To nice. add to that. Um, you know, but I was also obviously a huge metalhead, mm-hmm. you know, back then um, you know, I got the hair now that I wanted back then, but you know, <laughs> Hey, you know things happen um you know but you know i was looking into like you know how how in god's name did heavy metal music ever get mixed in with satanism and you know why is icp the most hated band on the planet you know things like that and like i got caught into them near the end of the jokers card so i didn't even hear a lot of the older stuff and all of that obviously i have the wraith tattooed on me but that's for another reason um a very private one but uh you know, so I started, you know, researching some of this and I found out about a crime that happened in 1993 where three eight year old boys were brutally murdered. And because they lived in small town Bible Belt, USA, all of a sudden it's automatically Satan. Mm. And these three 16, 17, and 18 year old kids, long hair, liked to wear black, wore trench coats, studied Wicca, listened to Metallica of all heavy metal bands out there were convicted and sentenced to death on that basis alone. Wow. No physical evidence tying them to the crimes, nothing. And wow. from the second I read about this case, that's when I learned about that. There were two documentaries that were out by the, by that time about the case. Now there's, mm. um, you know, and that Metallica gave all the music to the documentary filmmakers free of royalty charges, everything like that. Hmm, that went out the window with Napster, but that's another story for another time. But you know, I mean, I that so I understand exactly what you're saying. You fall into a rabbit hole where all of a sudden you just become I don't want to say I'm obsessed with it, but let's just say if there's a true crime documentary that comes out on the Netflix or the Hulu or <laughs> you know any of those streaming services this guy's going to watch it and eventually it's going to get talked about on this show. Yeah. You know, I actually just found one yesterday that I want to get back into. It's on HBO max. Um, damn good. But anyway, so how, I know we gave the, the email address here for people to contact you. Cause we're kind of running out of time here. Two hours goes by quick and I don't think it does. <laughs> when you're having fun, and it's a topic that you know, that you can deep dive and talk about and get into and make it personal. Two hours feels like nothing.
0: It really, it really did. It was a good time. Dour subject, but important nonetheless.
1: And and that's why I wanted to do that this week. You know, um, we like I like I said at the beginning of the show, we got the men's health summit this Sunday, 11 a.m. right here on Redline Radio LLC, hosted by the one, the only Mister Lex. Vegas himself. Don't miss that. It's going to be a great time. This is why we're talking the narcissism thing, kind of kickstart the way of the weekend that's going to go here at Redline Radio. Speaking of weekends here on Redline Radio, tomorrow night you're going to hear Comedies and Cocktail with Jen Jen, 8.30 to 9.30. Always a great time with her. And then on Sunday you've got the Men's Health Summit in the morning, and then you've got uh, – Professional Unprofessionals with Kevin Kwan, and then immediately following them, the, and yes, Kyle and Justin, as of right now, we are the number one show on Red Line Radio, LLC. The Steel City Renegades will be back and joining us this week from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, Adam Bittner, and we've got a slew of stuff to talk about. With him, so that's this weekend right here on Redline Radio LLC. So, Jess, what is the address of the YouTube channel where people can come and try to get uh, some help with maybe some of the things that we talked about, and then obviously the, as you call it, rabbit hole of stuff we didn't get to.
0: Um, it's just uh, YouTube.com/slash Jess Stanley.
1: All right, and I did share that on. The Money's Crazy Mind Facebook page. So Money's Crazy Mind podcast, facebook.com forward slash, and then put that there. Just make sure you make the S a dollar sign because, you know, I'm special like that. <laughs> um, but Jess, um, this has been absolutely amazing. I could spend hours talking to you. About, I mean, I, like I said, I was in a four and a half year relationship
3: mm-hmm.
1: with somebody like this. There, There's a mountain of things. Obviously, some of them we talked about off air um, just to kind of, make sure that you were uh, and I were on the same page with what exactly we were going to be talking about here. And it turns out we were in space. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I never
0: had any doubts. If 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 someone... When someone says, I think I've been dealing with something like this, I go, Mm -hmm. give me about 20 minutes and I'm positive (laughs) you have been. (laughs) By the time you hear my voice on the internet, because I'm not even the biggest person on YouTube who Mm -hmm. talks about this. By the time you hear my very dull voice um, over the interwebs, you've been dealing with something even, you know, slightly there's toxicity happening, not even necessarily narcissism. There's, you know, people who are you know, there's a psychopath, a sociopath, a histrionic, a borderline, um, you know, and things like that. So by the time you hear, you know, me, there's probably something that you've been that you've been dealing with. I never had a doubt.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You know, I mean, it's just crazy. And these are the kinds of connections that I love finding out about. You know, I mean, like I said, we haven't seen each other in damn near almost 20 years. It's been fucked. Next year is our 20 year high school reunion, if they even have one. I've been did, have
0: they ever had one?
1: We did have a fifth uh year, yes. And I I was there. I didn't even
0: get an invite, so <laughs> fuck you, Garfield Lights. <laughs> well actually,
1: um, Were you on Facebook at the time?
0: Uh, yeah.
1: Oh, okay. Well then Maybe because of the last name. Since you're what did name.
0: I tell you? Forgettable. See? <laughs> See, I didn't even get a goddamn invite. Hey.
1: Well, I'll tell you what. If anything happens with the twenty-year reunion, once the Facebook group gets created, I will invite you in.
0: I didn't care twenty years ago.
1: Don't <laughs> care now.
0: <laughs> you can file that invite. I might get away for me. <laughs>
1: Consider it filed. <laughs> All right. Well, let's pay a couple of bills here before we, let, uh, before we let you guys go here. Obviously, we are in the Growing Wings Adult Services studios. I spent most of the week down at Growing Wings this week. They are doing absolutely amazing things down there. They have over seven years of experience of taking care of adults with disabilities. For information on how Lisa can help you and your family, reach out to her today at 234 234- three three four seven five four seven and trust me that phone rings off the damn hook i heard it from my own ears and obviously detroit auto parts is the official part store of redline radio llc two convenient locations to help you guys out and if you mention redline radio you get 10 percent off trust me take it from somebody who had to do it Uh, So on the east side, you can call 216-531-7373 or on the west side, which is actually where Studio One is located. uh, You can call them at 216-398-7373. And of course, these amazing narcissistic T-shirts, as my friends like to call them, were made by Mike and Diane over at Incredible Keepsakes. So was this year, Redline Radio Cup that I drink my Wawa out of when I'm on the air. It's got my name on it. Um. And uh, all that you can get at Incredible Keepsakes. Check them out on their website, Incredible Keepsakes, Dick Kim. Uh, or you can give them a call, 440 242 9648. As Diane always says, cherished moments are made to last forever and of course I couldn't make this beautiful illusion of me being in a very dark padded room without Wiggins construction they helped put studio 2 together to make it the glorious masterpiece that it is contact will today if you need anything done in your bathroom your kitchen windows doors siding heck we even have some electrical issues that might that he might be trying to fix for us you can contact will 440 440- 731-7654. And of course, with all of these great places, make sure you tell them red line radio and money's crazy mind sent you. All right, Jess, this has been an amazing opportunity. This has been an amazing experience. Thank you so much for making money's crazy mind. The very first podcast experience for you.
0: It's been such a pleasure. I've had a great time talking with you. Too much
1: fun. You know, yeah. I mean, it, and, and that's the great thing about this. You know, I mean, we haven't talked in almost 20 years. No. you know, And I reached out to you in a Facebook message, said, hey, you have a YouTube channel. Let's connect. And from that, from the second you signed on here today, it has been like not an iota of time has passed between the two of us. And those it's are really
0: true. It's uncanny. It really is.
1: Yeah. You know, um, I mean, look a hell of a lot different than I did back then. And I'm probably <laughs> about 30, 40 pounds heavier than I was back then as well. But you know, should happen. Someone has to deal with it. And who are you going to call the Northeast Ohio Ghostbusters? That um, but yeah, I mean, so would you be against coming on here again?
0: Of course not. I'd love to. All
1: right. All right. Well, one last thing, if you could, for me, please. Um, You had mentioned that people can email you Mm -hmm. and have one-on-one sessions and everything like that with you. Um, Is there any way that you're, other than the email address, that your YouTube subscribers can possibly get one of those one-on-one experiences for you?
0: um i when people email me um mm-hmm. i end up doing sessions with them um over the phone i don't okay. obviously i'm extremely camera shy i hate it yes. um so i don't do like zoom or anything mm-hmm. like that but i'm happy to talk over the phone i use whatsapp cuz i have international clients and you know across the uh, globe and all that stuff um mm-hmm. i'm not really on any other kind of social media because 80-something thousand people on YouTube keep me keep me busy. If you know somebody who can run social media for me, I'd be happy to go cross-platform, but I, I don't have Wait. the time.
1: I'm trying to figure it out myself. I mean, yeah. I'm in control of, of now eight different Facebook pages cool. because because of my position here with, uh, with Redline radio and all that. You
0: sound so busy. You make me tired. Listen,
1: <laughs> I mean, you <laughs> know, I
0: work a lot.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, Redline graphics, that's what I do eight to five every day, you know? So, I mean, all these great backgrounds and everything that you see here on my show, uh, obviously sugar and spice steel city renegades, you know, I, I do that during the day, but also, you know, we have clients, we make stickers, we make banners. We're now getting into plaques, you know, I mean, so, Eight to five every day, I'm over there trying to fit. like, how can I make this fucking picture work? It is so pixelated and tiny, but I make it work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so I'm doing that. I work with, with Growing Wings when I have nothing to do over there. And then, you know, I have, you know, calls from 24 different shows here at Redline Radio that I have to deal with. Plus putting this show, my my radio show that I do over at redline radio, LLC.com plus steel city renegades. You know, I mean, I'm I'm a busy dude.
0: You know, know, nobody likes the overachiever. I'm just telling you now. I I (laughs) mean, you just made me look so bad. (laughs) (laughs) No one likes the overachiever. (laughs) Hey,
1: no. And the fucked up part about the whole thing is I fell into everything. Like, like it was not something I came in here today and said, how many fucking people's job can I do?
0: I fell so ass backwards into this. It's actually not funny. And this is my full time job. I talk to yeah. you know clients, and I make videos and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And I I slid right back ass first into this. Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> you know, it's crazy because like before I came here, money's crazy mind kind of felt more like a hobby, something like I just did when I had time for.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, and I through therapy actually is when. I came to realize that money's crazy mind isn't a hobby. It's actually what I'm most passionate about. And I just do the other thing to make money. Yeah. You know, so once I took it to that level and once I I looked at it from that respect, I started respecting the show a lot more and I started doing a lot more content because of it. I'm sorry. There's a concert ending at coey lake i'm right here in berea right down the street from freaking clown show St- stadium so um <laughs> sorry i am not a browns fan never have been my wife is we have a house divided flag on, that hangs in our front yard every football season because i am a diehard steelers fan so you know but that's neither here nor there but um You know, so once I looked at it from that perspective, I'm just like, this is what I want to focus my attention on. The other thing is just a paycheck. Yeah. You know, and when I came here, it forced me to go weekly and forced me to come up with something to do every week. And that's kind of what made it feel more like I got to take this seriously. Yes. You know, and I know the people that brought me here probably don't watch me anymore because they're not with us anymore. but. I do have to thank them for getting me in touch with the people that made this all possible. And I am forever grateful to them for doing that. And it basically just started the same way it started with you. I reached out to them and said, hey, can I interview you for my show? And they're like, well, we're under contract to this person. you know, So if you reach out to that person and they say, yes, we'll do it. And then he's like, well, why don't you just bring your show to me? <laughs> okay. Like, that's what I <laughs> Like, I didn't know that was even possible. I can do that. Like,
0: (laughs) I know everything that happened here tonight is crazy. I'm like, all I got to do is sit down in front of my microphone. Get the fuck out (laughs) of (laughs) here.
1: Well, you know, I mean, when you said you were camera shy, you know, I'm just like, damn, I've known this person most of my damn life. I can't make her feel uncomfortable. Or else she'll never want to do this again with anybody else. Yeah. You know. so, and that's my number one thing. And I hope all my guests feel that way. If they're, if, if, you know, if they're like, I can do audio. Great. We'll do audio. If I have to pre-tape, I'll pre-tape, you know, I'll, 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 I'll comfort anybody. However, they need to be comforted, you know? So, A lot of
0: people think that's not me and that's why I'm camera shy. Because a lot of people think that the the thumbnails in my videos that they're not me. I, <laughs> I mean, think that's funny. <laughs> like, I mean, who else would I use? <laughs> if I use a picture a of, super, TV
1: of, show of a whole on MTV about that exact same scenario, so if I, I use
0: a picture of a supermodel, I think I might be found out.
1: <laughs> you would think. But again, there's a whole television show on MTV about that exact same topic. Yeah, that's true. Um, but no. All right. So, for if you want to put this on your YouTube channel, you have my permission. I can honestly tell you the girl that is in that picture that's right there to my left is the same person I've known for most of my life. She has not aged and she makes me look bad.
0: <laughs> it's filters. And good makeup, <laughs> okay. But I'll take it. I appreciate it. <laughs> I'd like to think I don't look as old as I am, but we'll have to do something. You know, you're, you know, yeah. what you got going on, or my channel, or I'd love to talk about something again. I've had a blast yeah. doing this.
1: Yeah, you know, I mean, I, now that I know that you are as big a fan of the Dark Knight as I am, you know, maybe we can talk about the Savior and Son of Gotham. I'm down. All right. It's a date. you got it. Date that, <laughs> but, uh, Jess, this has been amazing. It has been so awesome catching up with you. I wish it could be under a better topic, but at least this one was educational to say the least.
0: Very much so. And it got the ball rolling. Who knows? Absolutely. But I would love to come back and talk again about it. If you'd have me. Yeah.
1: Oh yeah. You have uh what's up, Liz? Uh, sorry, you're catching the very tail end of the show, girl. Um, but yeah, no, we'll definitely do this again. Be it talking about, uh, the, the sacred son of Gotham or, you know, maybe we can do more narcissism or, you know, if maybe you catch the true crime bug as well, maybe we can work something out with that. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, thank you again. (laughs) She says, damn. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you again, Jess. Um, it has been Excellent catching up with you. Uh, Definitely. We got to stay in contact. Um, I will message you um, here in just a few minutes. Sure. And uh, we will get the ball rolling on everything else. But uh, that is going to do it for money's crazy mind this week for Jess. Again, her YouTube channel. Very simple. You see the name right there on the screen. Just type that in when you go to YouTube, get Kim, and you'll find her channel. You see the face. You'll see that little red banner that I had up above the the video that I played earlier. That is her her title banner there. You'll see that. And the clip that I played during the show is the video that's pinned to her channel, and it'll start playing the second you get there. Amazing, amazing content over on her channel. I definitely recommend it for anybody who thinks that they may be dealing with a lot of these issues that people are dealing with. That may not even know that they're dealing with it like me i learned a bunch of shit today uh so i'm gonna go home and completely rethink the last 15 years of my life Uh, (laughs) but thanks jess
0: (laughs) i do what i can
1: (laughs) Uh, really clearly
0: clearly. (laughs) we only talked about this for a couple hours there was a bunch of stuff we didn't even address
1: (laughs) no but we did talk about it off the air so true um, but but, yeah, no. Um, so, you know, uh, obviously for everybody here at Red Line Radio, we thank Jess for taking time out of her Friday evening to chat with somebody that she has not physically seen or heard from in almost 20 damn years. But that's the kind of friendships that I have. Um, you know, we can we can we, we roll like that. You know, us, our, us bulldogs, as much as we don't claim it, we 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 stick together when we need to. all right but guys but that's gonna do it thanks everybody for checking out the show this week we will be back next week maybe we'll finally talk about stranger things so i can get Vecna's effect over the asylum out of here once and for all until then everybody this is lee too hot to handle too cold to hold you call the ghostbusters because they in control motherfucking money saying have a week Oh, I don't have the outro queued up. Go me. I'm I'm a professional. There it is. Money's Crazy
2: Mind is a proud redline media group and nameless, faceless production. That's all, folks. <laughs>